This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. The Governor's Fishing Opener is in the heart of Paul Bunyan Country, and we were there at the Norway Beach Visitor Center in the heart of the Chippewa National Forest. You'll hear it all next. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. The Governor's Fishing Opener in the heart of Paul Bunyan Country this year in the Chippewa National Forest. Governor Tim Walls is fishing with Tom Newstrom. We will hear from the Governor and his guide later on in the show and many other great voices as well. We'll start out with those who are in charge of the area in which it's being put on. The Parks and Recreation people and the Environmental people. And we'll start with Michael Stansbury, the Supervisor of the Chippewa National Forest. This is kind of a unique governor's fishing opener in that we are using an entire area. There's not a kind of a headquarter town. There's an area, and it's the Chippewa National Forest. That's right. Yeah, the Chippewa is uh, comprised of over 600,000 acres of just pristine land that um, not only includes um, part of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe Reservation, but also includes um, 13% of the surface area of water uh, for all national forests, all national forests across the landscape, from Maine to California all the way to Alaska, uh, 13% of the surface water that that the national forest holds across that landscape, 13% of it is here in Chippewa National Forest. So that water that we protect, that habitat we protect for fish uh, and and all the the other wildlife and and folks that want to come out, um, it's all available to them. The uh, the beautiful thing about lakes in a in a national forest is it's one of the few areas where you can almost feel like you were here several hundred years ago. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, although we are the headwaters that are part of the headwaters region for Mississippi River and and all the environs that go that go with that, we have um, just this multitude of experiences that uh, that people may may have here on the forest, um, and it is 
it's 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 remote, it's rural, um, and it provides uh, just a wonderful background and landscape for for anyone that wants to enjoy the outdoors. How long have you been part of the Chippewa National Forest? Uh, good question. 16, 16 months, uh, not very long here, but have been part of the National Forest system, uh, National Forest as a whole, uh, for many years. So you've uh, seen a, f- a few different kinds of forests. I certainly have, yeah, coming from out west, most recently in Montana. Uh, the difference being just how green it is here, how, mu- how much water we've got here, and, uh, and evidenced by a, a, a governor's visit to, to experience this landscape and, and the waters that we protect. So as uh, from the National uh, Forest Service um, perspective, what are the biggest concerns and the biggest um, challenges going forward? What is so unique about us on Chippewa National Forest is our relationship with Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. Um, we are the only national forest um, that has that we hold in trust um, uh, 45% of the reservation land for Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. That relationship and that co-stewardship that we promote um, is is our is the greatest part of being part of the Chippewa National Forest. It's also the biggest challenge, uh, just because of the just making sure that we've got trust and integrity in how we co-steward the land. How many people visit the forest every year? Great question. I can I can't tell you the number of people because we have so many access points. But I can tell you that we bring in about forty. 44 million dollars into the local economy just from anything from uh, the number of employees that we have 113 here on here on the national forest to the contracts and uh, the agreements that we have in place with um, with all of our partners uh, in in part to make sure that the landscape is taken care of i think a lot of people who just live here and are kind of used to all this stuff don't even know what all's available to them just down the road in their national forest yeah and well in addition to the to obviously the access we've um, i want to say we've got over 200 uh, um, access fishing access points to our lakes uh, but also just the number of uh, miles of trails that we've got available. Uh, and in the wintertime, it's skiing and, and ice fishing, right? Uh, so just a, a multitude of experiences here on the, on the National Forest. I think a lot of people uh, don't realize how many people actually come and visit these the forests in the heart of winter. Yeah, it is. It is very busy here. I mean, I, what I am so impressed with, especially part of Minnesota and, and Minnesota Nice, is just how, how much people get out and experience the outdoors. Uh, even during really rough, tough conditions, <laughs> what I could consider rough and tough conditions, but uh, uh, but to see people out uh, on the, in their ice, ice houses or, or just even sitting over a hole um, in the winter time, the number of people that have skis on and, and really taking part in all the trails that we've got available to them is just is heartening. Michael Stansbury is the supervisor of the Chippewa National Forest. Thanks for stopping by today. So glad to be here. Thank you. As we continue from the Governor's Fishing Opener at Norway Beach Visitor Center in the heart of the Chippewa National Forest, we're now talking with Ben Berge. He's the DNR Northwest Regional Parks and Trails Manager just down the road from us. Uh, ben, thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
All right, give me your elevator pitch about the Northwest Regional Parks and Trails. You bet. Well, I'll probably give you a pitch on the whole state. And, uh, you know, it's such a great time of year. Obviously, we're here to talk fishing now and with the opener tomorrow. But, you know, I like to look at this as an opener to get outside in the summer as we go from winter to summer here in the north. I don't know if we had a lot of spring. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a great time of year. People will be getting out on the water tomorrow and our, our campgrounds and our state trails, uh, obviously our public water accesses that we manage. Uh, they're going to get used heavy tomorrow, and we're just looking forward to another season of putting smiles on people's faces being outdoors. How many parks do you oversee out of the Northwest office? Sure, yep. We have uh, just shy of 20 here in the Northwest. Overall in the system, we have 75 state parks and rec areas though here in Minnesota, uh, and all of our state trails, obviously. We have over 1,500 public water accesses, but just here in the greater Bemidji area, our crew manages over 100, uh, and so people have been busy, as you guys know, with the late ice out. It's been a been a little bit of a challenge this spring getting everything prepped, um, not just on the public water access, but getting all that water turned on in our state parks. And uh, we're going to be ready here as the uh, sun shining today, finally. Uh, and we'll be ready for uh, greeting visitors here as soon as uh, they make their way outdoors. So how did you get into the business of parks? You know, I think it's probably a, a, a similar story to everyone, but... It's that first experience that, uh, you know, really hooks you. And as a, as a child, I was fortunate enough to have a family that took me outdoors. We camped a lot in state parks here in Minnesota and over in Wisconsin. We did the national parks. And so it's that, you know, intangible feeling we all get. I think when we can think of something or a place that really rejuvenates us, for a lot of us, it's somewhere outdoors. And I think that passion to want to share that with someone else and provide that experience to someone else and carry on um, the appreciation for outdoors and recreation and nature. Uh, I think that's why a lot of us get into this field. The uh, And you, you were in the the state next door for a lot of years. <laughs> I was. So, yeah, this has been here in the Bemidji area for a couple years. Uh, moved here. I have uh, a wife and four kids, and uh, we absolutely love it here. Uh, great town, great resources around town. Um, and so, uh, yeah, northern Minnesota, the Bemidji area is just a great place to live. Uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, I work with a great team of people in DNR and just uh, been meeting a lot of community folks throughout the region that I work with, our friends groups and our other partners, clubs, snowmobile ATV clubs we work with, park friends groups, local municipalities, obviously tribal partners, um, just really good bunch of people uh, to work with here in northwest Minnesota. You know, uh, in fisheries, you can talk about AIS and different concerns in hunting. It's, yeah. it's CWD. Yeah. What about in the parks realm? What's the biggest concerns right now? Sure. So one of the things that um, has, has really changed for us over the last, you know, 20 years in this world and it doesn't matter what state you're in is just the demands of outdoor recreation and I'll use biking for example you know I can think back when I was a kid I, you know a bike was a bike I, I, maybe there was a 10 speed and a 3 speed and a, and a single speed bike uh, and today you know we have uh, fat bikes plus bikes mountain bikes touring bikes cruising bikes gravel bikes cross bikes e-bikes uh, and so those demands on the use of public lands in our state parks where we provide recreation to provide opportunities for all the different recreation uses out there. Just making sure that we're providing you know, a, a good experience for people. We're not having user conflicts. Uh, and so we as you know, professional recreation managers uh, are really trying to make sure we're providing the, the, the services that people want. And that's a really getting in, in a great way. Uh, recreation is becoming more and more diverse every year, uh, even when we look at just the example of bikes. 
you have any idea off the top of your head how many visitors to the parks in the region? Uh, I can't say in the region, but I'll give you in the state. So okay. uh, we've had just over and below, right, or hovering around 12 million visitors to our state parks the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, we had a big inf- influence uh, with the, the pandemic. Um, people were discovering outdoor recreation for the first time. Those of us, you know, in this business have always realized the public health benefits, you know, individual mental and physical health benefits of being outdoors. And it's been really great to see people discover that. You know, some people continue that tradition and others discover that uh, over the last couple of years. And so we want to make sure that we keep those new users uh, and uh, keep providing them the outdoor recreation and nature study and all the good things that uh, people do outside. Ben Berge is the DNR Northwest Regional Parks and Trails Manager out of the office in Bemidji. Ben, thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much. We're talking with Ben Benoit. He's the Division Resource Management for the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. And uh, you explained it to me just a moment ago, but for those who aren't familiar with that term, what is your role? Yeah, so uh, I'm our environmental director, so I oversee all the environmental regulatory programs that the band manages. So um, the state equal would be like the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Okay, so uh, what are some of the big things you're working on these days then? Yeah, so we got a lot going on in Division Resource Management. Uh, in addition to what I do, you know, we, we run a hatchery where we raise walleye and whitefish. So we just got our eggs, you know, uh, through partnership with DNR. So we'll be, we'll be hatching those out in the next few weeks and stocking some lakes. Uh, we have a wildland fire program, so we've got our staff gearing up for, you know, some prescribed burning and some... Uh, wildland fire suppression work that we also do so there's a land that you work in conjunction with the dnr on too correct yeah so so the leech lake reservation is a a checkerboard of land ownership uh leech lake owns some the state of minnesota manages some land and the chippewa national forest also manages land so we have a lot of uh, intergovernmental agreements and a lot of cooperative work that we work what are some of the things that that you guys do that uh, most people probably wouldn't be surprised to know uh yeah so you know so, so Leech Lake has our own um, conservation game and fish laws, you know, that apply to our band members. But uh, what a lot of people don't know is that our conservation officers are actually cross-deputized with Minnesota, so we can in- enforce both, you know, tribal law on, on tribal folks and uh, state law on non-tribal folks. So, Tell us a little bit about how big your land mass is and some of the real highlights of it. Sure, yeah. Uh, so we're blessed with a lot of water here on the Leech Lake Reservation. The reservation itself is about the size of Rhode Island. You know, at any given time, about 10% of the waters in Minnesota are found here on Leech Lake. With some big lakes here, Lake Winnebogoshish, Leech Lake, uh, Cass Lake, and Pike Bay. Uh, so, you know, in terms of recreation, a lot of, a lot of campgrounds that are through the Chippewa National Forest and Army Corps engineers on the big lakes here. Uh, you know, a lot of other cool, fun things to do, too. Hunting, fishing, outdoors golf we really are uh, an embarrassment of riches up here yeah you said it and and that's not even to mention wild rice which yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> hopefully we'll be getting into this fall tell me a little bit about from your perspective the biggest challenges you're seeing going forward yeah i think there's a lot of concern with with climate change and you know we just talked about the wealth of resources up here and, and what does that look like you know in the future um i hear a lot of concern at least from from folks about that and just making sure our kids have the same opportunities we do it's a, a big challenge i think uh, throughout the nation and world really uh, to get things under control and try to get as climate neutral as we can right yeah exactly and, and i think you know building relationships with other governments and building that understanding is probably how we get there so you know developing these shared goals so we can
can work collaboratively towards changing that. Are you going fishing tomorrow? I am. Are you going to catch any fish tomorrow? <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm always hopeful, and if nothing else, maybe I can just get my dock out at my house. So. You know, fishing is just, uh, I really think, you know, across the world, it's like the first thing that was put in humanity's DNA. I, I think that's fair, and I know uh, culturally the, the fish here are what have sustained us as a people for, for generations. So our, our fishing season actually opened May 1st, so I, I might have been fishing already. But. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, I'll join the governor tomorrow. Ben, thank you for stopping by. He's Ben Benoit. He is the Division Resource Management for the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, miigwech. Many more great conversations to come from the governor's fishing opener on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, including the chairman of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, the lieutenant governor, and Governor Tim Walls. But up next, we'll hear from the commissioner of the DNR, Sarah Stroman. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu The Governor's Fishing Opener in the heart of Paul Bunyan Country. We were there today talking with a lot of different people. Later on in the show, we'll hear from the Chairman of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, Farron Jackson, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, Brad Parsons, the Fisheries Head of the Department of Natural Resources, Tom Newstrom, the Hall of Famer who is guiding the Governor, and Governor Tim Walls himself. But right now, we hear from the Commissioner of the Department of Natural Resources, Sarah Stroman, who is in the heart of the Northwoods and ready to fish. This is one of the perks of the job, right? The, this is one of the good days of the job, absolutely. I mean, the energy and the excitement here all morning as people are getting ready for for the fishing opener tomorrow has just been tremendous. It's really inspiring. We talked to you a little bit earlier on the KZY show. Now we're talking to you for Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. But I think one of the things I mentioned, and I've mentioned to a number of people, is it doesn't get much more Minnesota than where we're at in the log cabin in the in the forest on the shores of a wonderful fishing lake. It's so true, and uh, people have been remarking on that all morning too. Uh, we're here in the Chippewa National Forest, and one of our uh, historic CCC era. Uh, buildings on the shores of Cass Lake and um, you know we're going to be fishing Winnie tomorrow so lots of good fishing lakes lots of good walleye lakes in this area and uh, I'm I'm hopeful for tomorrow. Well I think it's going to be a good opener the fish are definitely hungry I've heard that and uh, I, I you know I was telling people I think just because it's nice and even if they don't catch fish that they're on a boat and they're not freezing that's a good that's going to make people happy. Yeah, the weather is is amazing, and we've had a long winter. Um, the ice fishing season was extended, I think, uh, a bit longer than people anticipated, and, and maybe, I don't know, some people took advantage of it. I, I was kind of over it and ready for open water, so I am excited to get out there. And, uh, you know, this is this is a time-honored tradition in Minnesota to, to celebrate the fishing opener with friends and family, and, uh, you know, so I think we're going to have a good season, and uh, I hope Minnesotans, wherever they are, whether they are up in this uh, heart of lake country here or whether they are south or or even further north uh, that Minnesotans will be out sharing that experience and tradition no matter where they are or what they're fishing. 
I interview a lot of DNR people. It tends to be a lot of fishing and hunting people because of the nature of the show. Uh, but uh, if we're talking outdoors, um, there's a lot more to it than that. And there's a lot more to the DNR than just hunting and fishing. How many divisions are there? How many people work for the DNR? Yeah, well, we have seven divisions. There are six programmatic divisions. So we have our Fish and Wildlife Division. We have our Enforcement Division. I know you talked to a lot of those folks. We have our Parks and Trails, our Ecological and Water Resources, our Lands and Minerals. And um, and then we also have an oper- and our Forestry. I can't forget them. We're sitting here in the middle of the Chippewa National Forest. And then we have an Operations Division that sort of supports all of those six programmatic divisions. So it is a large organization, a very broad mission to protect Minnesota's resources to to provide outdoor recreation and to provide for sustainable use of our natural resources too. Uh, we have about um, 3,000 employees. Uh, it's summer, it goes up because we have a lot of part-time seasonal employees too. So this is the time of year when you'll see a lot of DNR folks out uh, on the lakes, in the woods, on the trails, uh, in our parks, ready to ready to serve Minnesotans in their outdoor experiences. Well, certainly I talk to hunting and fishing people about you know different concerns and different uh, things that they're working on. From the overall DNR standpoint, what would you say, Sarah, are the biggest concerns you have? Well, the thing I um, appreciate about the job, and I will say before I get to a concern, um, is is that Minnesotans are so passionate about their resources and so and, and the outdoors. And so sometimes that passion is enthusiasm, and we're seeing a lot of that today. Sometimes that passion maybe is a little frustration. <laughs> um, I think that's the high the highs and, and lows of the job, but it all comes from the passion. And so I think the challenge is how do we take that passion, even when it is frustration, and engage those people uh, to make sure that we are understanding all the way that all Minnesotans experience uh, the outdoors. And as we are at the governor's fishing opener and we're getting ready to fish in Minnesota, what are, from your perspective, are the biggest concerns and biggest challenges in the fishery side of things? Well, I think um, certainly aquatic invasive species is something we've talked about for a number of years as a concern on the fishery side. Um, can do tremendous uh, damage and change to, to lake ecosystems. So this is always a good time to remind people to do uh, what you can do with your boat to make sure that we limit the spread of aquatic invasive species the clean, drain, dry mantra, and we'll add dispose your unused bait. Um, I think the other concern, and we're we're hearing this from a lot of anglers, is is the lack of investment in some of our uh, fishing infrastructure, and I would say outdoor infrastructure more broadly. So if you look at our hatcheries, if you look at our public water accesses, it's been a generation since we as a state have really invested in those. And if you think about uh, the equipment for our, our fish hatcheries, you think about the issues like aquatic invasive species that we didn't have to deal with in those times. You think about the way boats looked different when our ramps were built. Um, you know, it, it's time to modernize uh, equipment. It's time to moder- modernize those facilities so that uh, they, Minnesotans can continue to enjoy them in the future. Uh, I've just always enjoyed my time talking with DNR people. I, I, lo- I love talking to people who have passion. And in this business, it, there's very few people who get in this business for a job. There's a passion that they've had, most of them since they were quite young. 
It is very true, and it is one of the things um, I appreciate most about working for the Department of Natural Resources. It is just an incredible honor to work with a group of people who are so dedicated, not only to our resources and uh, you know to the outdoors, but dedicated to service to Minnesotans as well. And that is true um, whether you are a fisheries biologist or whether you are working in our accounting or finance department or whether you might be a mechanic working on our vehicles in the shop. It is that passion for the outdoors and that passion for service that is common to all DNR employees. So it is a joy to, to come to work every day and work with, with people who are so dedicated. One of the uh, things, and I've talked to the people in um, uh, non-game wildlife about this, that people, you, you, you probably don't think about it because you're so used to it, but maybe you're not into fishing and you're not into hunting, but you still love seeing the eagles soar by, and you still love opening your window in the morning and hearing the birds chirp. That's all natural resources. That's all some of your programs. Absolutely. You know, last night um, when I got up here, I opened up my, my windows, and I'm on Leech Lake, and the, the loons were calling. And, you know, there's a classic... Uh, story, you know, non-game works uh, very hard on, on loon habitat and, um, you know, the lead issue. And, and so, yeah, or if you're a biker, right, there are incredible trails in this area we're in, the, the Heartland uh, State Trail, the Paul Bunyan State Trail, those are a couple of my favorites to bike. Um, or just, yeah, being out uh, listening to the birds, watching for the deer in the woods. Um, so, yeah, those are, the, those are the things that I think are common uh, interests uh, across all Minnesotans. Sarah Stroman is the commissioner of the DNR. Great to have her on the show again today. Commissioner Strowan, thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thanks for being here to celebrate the Governor's Fishing Opener here in 2022. We're talking with Chairman Jackson of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. And uh, uh, Chairman Jackson, I think it's really a, a unique opportunity, uh, and this may be the first opportunity, according to the Governor, that they have uh, they worked with uh, an indigenous nation uh, for the Minnesota Governor's Fishing Opener. So this is an exciting time. You're darn right it is. We're very excited. You know, when we first got the news that the governor was going to come up here for the 2022 walleye opener, we were ecstatic, and we still are today. This is, of course, an ideal place for it, and uh, the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe in in the heart of uh, some of the greatest natural resources still in this in the, in the North American continent. Yeah, we feel very blessed and fortunate that we have all these natural resources here, and we have all the red cedar and the white pine and red pine, and we got an abundance of minoman that grows freely here in a lot of our rivers and streams, and yeah, we're we're very thankful. Uh, obviously, most of us in Minnesota or who have been in this area for a long time are pretty familiar with a lot of what we have to offer here. But uh, I know that uh, that uh, there's there's uh, this whole uh, nation has uh, all kinds of things that most people don't even know is, is out there. Yeah, that's so true. Like I say, we enjoy them every day, you know, and uh, this we call this home. And, you know, our band members are, are so much involved with our natural resources and being good stewards of, of our of our waters here and our rice and, you know, our maple syrup we tap. And, yeah, we we just feel very blessed and uh, privileged to, to be living in this region. Um, this is, again, a great opportunity to showcase this area, but to maybe educate a lot of people on, on some of the things you guys are doing in the Leech Lake Nation. Well, yeah. Yeah, we've kind of, we, we know, we've got a good team, you know, we've got, we've got a very strong uh, staff that work, you know, collaboratively together and work very hard and work through the pandemic and, you know, and first said, first administration and worked three years in a pandemic and still made, still were able to make some positive things happen here, you know, our, our new casino 
and our, our new, new, you know, Leech Lake market, and we're in the process of, uh, you know, working on a wellness diabetic center here for Leech Lake. So we're very excited about, you know, what's coming forward here. What would you say, from your perspective as the chairman, some of your biggest challenges going forward? Well, obviously, like a lot of folks, the biggest challenges we had was the pandemic, you know, kind of kind of slowed us down, you know, and our team, our health team, we we're really worked hand in hand with our, with our protocols, our safety protocols to, to try to minimize the spread as best we could. And I think we were very successful in offering vaccinations, not, not only to our band members, but to community people right, right around town here and we were very th- thankful to be a, be able be a good partner with that are you uh, going to be out on the water tomorrow you're darn right, so I am. I'm looking. I'm going to have a sleepless night tonight, you know, and I'm kind of excited. I feel like a a, for a kid going fishing for the first time, especially with the governor, and you know, uh, yeah, well, we're we're excited. I want. I hope that the governor can can catch the first walleye. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> well, there's going to be plenty to be caught on Lake Winnie, just uh, another great lake in this area, and, and of course, we're on the shores of a Cass Lake, uh, which is a tremendous lake as well. So we're we really, I, we don't think about it enough of how blessed we are up here. Well, yeah, I, I never like to take anything for granted, you know, and we always we always be respectful of where we're at, what we have, the abundance of resources we have, and how we can share these with our community people and our, our friends and friends from the state and the governor and his staff. And, hey, we're all in this together, you know, and we always look at our environmental issues as, as keeping everything, you know, the way the Creator blessed us with us for us here. Great thought to wrap it up. Chairman Jackson from the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, thanks for taking time today. Hey, miigwech. Have a good day. We have the Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan, joining us now, and uh, she's here for the Governor's Fishing Opener as well. Do you have a bet with the Governor by chance? I don't know that we have a bet necessarily, but we certainly have a healthy competition. Uh, you know, started in 2019 when I caught more fish than the Governor, and I, I'd like to do that again this year. <laughs> Peggy, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how well-versed you are with fishing and hunting, and uh, how you uh, got into the political game. Sure. So, um, you know, my Auntie Mary gave me my first tackle box and pole when I was six. And so, you know, I grew up in an apartment where I used to cast off of our balcony and sometimes got in a little trouble when my line got caught in the tree. Um, But, you know, really grew up uh, fishing for, you know, sunnies, perch, that kind of thing. Uh, And, you know, I hope to be able to get some some walleye uh, certainly tomorrow uh, is, is the plan. But I think the best part about fishing is that it's so accessible to folks. You can fish off a dock, you can have all the fancy equipment, you know, and, and fish on the lake, but really, um, you know, anybody, anybody can do it. But I came, you know, to, it wasn't my dream as a little girl to be the lieutenant governor. <laughs> that was not part of my plan. Um, you know, but my path kind of led me here. I did a lot of work in nonprofits. I was the executive director of Children's Defense Fund, and so advocacy for children has been a really big part of my career. So I was in the, the legislature uh, for two terms and then Governor Walls who I've known at that point I had known for about 15 years asked me to to be his running mate and so I'm here and uh, I think we're a pretty good team and one of the things that we get to do is uh, you know host this fishing opener and um, we've had a rough couple of couple of years here in Minnesota so this is just a good opportunity to come out and celebrate and be with each other and and really highlight these incredible hosts in the the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. 
Well, I was telling the governor, I mean, is it any more Minnesotan than to be sitting in a you know log cabin uh, in a national forest on the shores of an incredible fishing lake and, and, uh, and, and you know, getting to partner with indigenous peoples as well? I mean, that is everything that's great about Minnesota. That's right. It doesn't get more traditional, right, than the setting that, that we're in right now. And I think, you know, it, it was hard for me to believe that this is the first time that, you know, we've partnered with uh, one of our Native nations here in, you know, in Minnesota that we share geography with. But, um, you know, they've been incredible partners throughout the pandemic and we want to just make sure that um, we're strengthening our relationship with the, the tribes here in Minnesota so that, you know, when we leave office, whenever that may be that that's a lasting legacy that the work that we've done is simply what should have been done over the last 164 years right of this government to government relationship and um, you know again Chairman Jackson and the, the whole crew here at Leech Lake have just been incredible so we're just so happy to be here. All right, tell the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors audience uh, what you want them to know about the lieutenant governor's job. Well, you know, on paper, there's not a whole lot to it. It's really like, be ready. Um, but, you know, in practice, I tried to build on the good work that uh, Lieutenant Governor, now Senator Smith, did in partnership with uh, Governor Dayton. And really, you know, we work very closely together on uh, policy, like I said, children's issues, housing, uh, child care. Um, and, you know, as we build the budget, we build it together. Uh, we're good. We're good partners. I often say that he's my favorite uh, co-worker, um, you know, but uh, I take this role really seriously uh, because I know that the, the people of Minnesota do. And, um, you know, I just want to do the, the best work that, that I can and, and serve uh, the good people of the state. So it's a, it's a, a fun job. Um, it's a tough job, but I really am honored and humbled to be able to do it. Well, Lieutenant Governor, good luck catching fish tomorrow. And thank you for taking time today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Still to come from the Governor's Fishing Opener, we'll hear from Brad Parson. He heads up the fishery side of the Department of Natural Resources. Hall of Fame guide Tom Newstrom, who knows Lake Winnie inside and out, will preview that. And we'll hear from the Governor of Minnesota himself, Tim Walls. It's all coming up from a Governor's Fishing Opener special edition of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley. Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. It's the Governor's Fishing Opener here in the Chippewa National Forest. We have Brad Parson stopping in. He's the DNR Fishery Section Manager. Brad, thanks for taking a moment. Absolutely. It's a great day to be out. It is. We're going to have a good opening weekend. The weather is going to be maybe windy tomorrow, but it's still far high from what I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks ago. I know. We, we emerged from, you know, really cruddy, quite frankly, April. I mean, up here they had blizzards, you know, I, I think in the Twin Cities where I live, I think we had two sunny days and the wind was always blowing, but, you know, suddenly we turned a corner and the ice went out and we're good to go. 
You know, the interesting thing about fisheries and the reason we have the governor's fishing openers is because it is such an important part uh, of the economy but also of the culture. Uh, fishing, is, I think, is intrinsic into most people's souls. You know, even little kids, first time they fish, they, they, it's just kind of a natural thing to, to fall in love with. And so that makes your job really important. Well, yeah. I mean, and we, we have an excellent staff, and that's what we're trying to do is, is make, make fishing better for everybody. You know, we, we do the best science we can. We have uh, lake surveys that we do, angler surveys that we do. You know, we, we try and gather as much information as we possibly can. And then, you know, if, if a lake needs a special regulation or perhaps it needs uh, stocking, then we can do that. What are the biggest challenges in fisheries right now? You know, it's it's really uh, change, be it be it climate change, you know, changes in hydrology or changes uh, introduced by invasive species such as zebra mussels or spiny water fleas, um, and and really that's probably not going to change the number of fish in the lake, but it, it changes how energy flows through the system. So it might change the the kinds of fish that that you catch in the water clarity. Well, we've certainly seen anecdotal things up here. You know, there's a lot more smallmouth bass than there used to be, for example. Yeah, and and that's that's not unusual. I mean, that, that's happening across the upper Midwest as well. Um, things like smallmouth bass, you know, they have to get to a certain size to get into their first winter so they can live. But we have longer growing seasons now. Uh, you know, ice on, ice on is coming later and later all the time. One of the things that, uh, that you know, you need cold water for is for trout, for example. I would think there's got to be some concern as the water warms and the weather warms that that might affect trout down the road. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, lake, lake trout and also not not just trout, but, but tulipy, which are in the trout family. And they're a very important species for, for food, uh, for walleyes and northern pike and muskies. Um, and so we're, we're really redoubling our efforts to protect watersheds. Because if we do that, then the lakes stay cleaner and the oxygen can stay in better. One of the things that uh, I've been uh, uh, interviewing Brett, uh, people about, uh, particularly um, Nate Blazing from the Walleye Alliance, is the four fish limit. He'd like to see they they would like to see a four fish statewide limit, and I know he's worked with you on that. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, the, the department did support that. Um, you know, it's it's very hard for us to say. Uh, you know, we manage. 1,200 lakes for walleyes. You know, to say fishing is going to get better on an individual lake, that's really hard for us to say. But you look at the changes in technology, the efficiency of anglers, the number of anglers, the way ice fishing has changed over the years. Um, we just think it's it's a prudent thing to do. And fish management is a mix of biology, sociology, and quite frankly, politics as well. Everything's a mix of all of those things. And politics definitely part of that. But you know, I think the thing that's really uh and i've enjoyed about the minnesota angler is most anglers are pretty savvy they're pretty smart they they know the the anglers i and maybe it's just the ones i talk to but they all seem to really care about the uh about the fishery they they practice catch and release pretty much on their own now and uh and they they get it yeah, yeah, they do. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with keeping a few fish to eat. I mean, that, that's a big part of our heritage as well. But, but you're right. Uh, the, the people who, who really care, they understand that we need, we need clean water. We need to not move invasive species around. We need to do those things. We need to be smart. And, you know, the savviest anglers are often going from lake to lake, but they're the most careful in terms of pulling the plug, you know, uh, getting the vegetation off your trailer before you move on. 
the great thing about Minnesota is that I love to catch bass and I love to eat walleye. I can do both. Uh, you can. Uh, you know, the bass fishery in Minnesota is is terrific. I mean, we, we have people coming from Arkansas and Tennessee. You think about some of those places. They come up here to fish bass. These these are really, and particularly in northern Minnesota up here where people don't really think about it, they're thinking about walleye and pike. But, boy, the largemouth and smallmouth bass fisheries we have in the state are just outstanding right now. Brad, what do you want all anglers to think about and know about uh, going into this season? Well, um, you know, we, we don't have any major um, statewide regulation changes. We have some individual lakes that have uh, regulations. So we always encourage somebody, if you're going to go to a lake, go on to mndnr.gov, hit the lake finder, type in the name, and it will tell you if there's a special regulation, if there's invasive species concerns, etc. And it will tell you about the status of the fishery, too. Brad, thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to a great week. Well, Tom Newstrom joining me. He is the guy who has the honor of taking the governor out. And uh, when we're talking about fishing on Lake Winnie, there probably is no better guy to take the governor out than Tom Newstrom. Tommy, you've been on that lake a long time. Over three decades, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a fabulous body of water, uh, fabulous system. Probably one of the finest walleye lakes in the country, but for sure in Minnesota. It really is, and it's, uh, you know, we went through a stage the last few years where we're waiting for the fish to get big enough again, and they sure have this year. I heard a lot of great reports over the winter. It was, you know, it was about eight years that we were waiting on these fish, and they showed up about two years ago, a lot smaller, and now they're, they're starting to mature and get the size of catchable and keepable fish. So I think there's about three or four year classes of fish out there that we, you know, that we are going to be fishing right now, and it's just so much fun to see that lake come back so well you know and, and even when uh, people were struggling to find fish to keep it wasn't that they were struggling to find fish to catch the action was there it was just they were they were not in those perfect sizes that we're allowed to take home with us no there was a lot of big ones I mean yeah. that that was a problem you hear stories about in my even myself you know we go out catch 20 30 fish and we could only keep a couple because they were too big but but you know that's the process and that's what happens with some of these lakes they're not you know a hundred percent every year and they have a, a couple years to recover and I think Winnie just needed that time to grow and recover a little bit. Tom you've been guiding for a long long time you as active as ever? I you know I don't guide as many trips I used to do 90 to 100 now I'm down a little bit uh, probably half that much or even a little less I'm enjoying myself more I, I think it, it's not just the pressure of guiding it's just getting out going to be able to fish some new lakes uh, try some new methods you know sometimes when you're guiding you got to produce for your customers and your clients which is my job but uh, sometimes I like to go and try new stuff or a new lake that I've never fished before so I'm kind of having a little bit of fun and some of the off time now. So how did you get uh, the uh, the gig as the governor's guide? Well, the commissioner, uh, Sarah Stroman, she talked to me about it and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, sure, just tell me what you want to do with this. And uh, there was a little bit of time that we were off uh, not talking about it with each other. Then all of a sudden we got back on the conversation and they were putting together something to come up in my area up here. And I said, you know, I'd... I take it as a real, just a real honor to do that. So uh, I, I think that's one of those things where sometimes we do things, people say, well, why, why do you want to do that? You know, isn't that putting a lot of pressure on yourself? 
It is to a point, but it's also that I, I want him to have a good time. I want him to enjoy himself. I want him to catch a walleye. And if I can aid and help in that, then then that's who I am. Well, Tom, it's great uh, having you on the show once again. We're gonna, I'm going to have to give you a call a little bit later on this summer, see how those winning, winning walleye are doing. And I think they're going to be wonderful because all year last year, the whole season, we caught them. So it was, it was really good last year, and I anticipate it's going to be good this year. Tom, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Well, I've been doing Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors and fishing Paul Bunyan Country for 32 years now. This is the first time I've had a governor on the show. Governor Walls, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an exciting day. You can feel the energy around this place. But uh, thanks for covering all those years. This is a big part of who Minnesota is, and uh, tradition matters. It does matter, and of course, obviously, fishing is a huge part. And what's really unique about this fishing, uh, Governor's Fishing Opener, uh, is we're in a log cabin, we're in a national forest, we're on the shores of a wonderful fishing lake, we're in the heart of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, a lot of things that make Minnesota special all in one place. Yeah, well, thank you for summing it up that way. I I do appreciate that. I think for your listeners to hear that, um, we believe it's the first time the state's partnered with one of our indigenous nations, uh, Chairman Jackson, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, but the partnership that's up here, the National Forest folks are where, and we're in this incredible 1930s cabin that, uh, you know, is reminiscent. When people think of our national parks and national forests, they think of a building like this. Um, lakes are beautiful out there, and the good news is you see all kinds of people stopping at local businesses, because while this is culture and tradition, it's also a big part of our economy. Um, this is about a $4.5 billion industry. It creates 90,000 jobs. That's important. It is very important. It's hugely important, and, uh, uh, you know, I could ask all kinds of political questions, but this is an outdoor show, so we'll stick yeah. to that. But as you noted, that is an important part of the economy, and the economy is something everybody's talking about. So uh, anything that can strengthen the local economy is really important. I totally agree. And these are where you make a little bit of investments if the state makes sure our fisheries, you know, our hatcheries are up, to make sure these lakes are stocked. People want to know if they're going to come up there, can they catch fish? Um, our boat landings, you know, do we have those resources? Anything we can do to make those local economies function a little better, these folks will figure it out and do it and you know folks are going to vacation closer to home this year just because of some of those costs and that means in the upper midwest we're a destination we're a top 10 state for tourism you know we we don't have a disneyland but we got something better we got these lakes out here we've got activities and so those are the things that i think um that are bipartisan if you will that stays out of the political spot of this and just makes good sense and i'm really glad that there's a group of folks i'm giving them a plug the minfish folks uh, babe winkelman ron Shera, tom newstrom you had on these folks from conservationists to business folks saying we need to invest in this industry because it's huge and we've stayed relatively silent and just kind of took care of itself but they're asking me you know uh, Ron point blank said you got to invest some more money in the fisheries um, to make sure those hatcheries are there and I agree with them and I think that's kind of democracy it's supposed to work so and I know you you know you are overseeing an entire state and a lot of moving parts so you can't spend a ton of time on any one thing but from your perspective as a Minnesotan for a long long time uh, what are are your biggest concerns about the outdoors? Yeah, I just think, again, those pressures of making sure we've got more people. The state's now approaching 6 million people um, and making sure that we're doing things that are for the next generation, that we're thinking about, you know, it's, it's not a debatable issue. The climate is changing, but that doesn't mean that we can't address it, that we can't do things to make a difference. We can't be more resilient and we can't be more thoughtful about how we do things. We saw fire season last year kind of decimate Superior National Forest in places. So I think for me of thinking about how do we 
be good stewards for the next generation. And the good news about this is it appears to be pretty nonpartisan, that I think that's an agreement on folks. And what I would make the case is government's not going to do this alone. This is why this MinFish thing has me exciting. Private industry's helping us. They understand that this is important. So for me, the priority on the outdoors is, is making sure we're making the proper investments, but we're building a coalition so it doesn't become a partisan issue. There shouldn't be any fighting about, you know, having good boat launches or whatever it might be and how do we best do that well tomorrow you get to be on the water on a beautiful fishing lake with an excellent guide so uh you better you better bring in a walleye man thank you for that pressure i uh, (laughs) i I said i always try and get out of this by bragging about how good a pheasant hunter i am and the the folks up here said we don't care about pheasant hunting we want to know if you can catch fish so i think tom his expertise i got chairman jackson uh with me and uh i told the lieutenant governor she beats me every year on this but i've spent the last year watching youtube videos on catching walleye so that combination i hope this is my year governor wallace thanks for being the first governor on paul bunyan country outdoors and fishing paul bunyan country well i am proud of that distinction so we'll do her again thank you the opener is here we're out fishing have a blast stay safe and we'll hopefully have some great reports for you next week that's it for now i'm kev jackson thanks to all the people who took the time to talk with me today and thank you all for taking the time to listen Fish Hill, Bob Bunyan, Country, Country.